And welcome back to Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything. There's no language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, the show, more importantly, on Twitter, that is at HEFPOND. Follow us on Facebook for all the English language news and information all in one convenient location. That is Facebook.com slash HEFPOND. Drop us an email. That is HeyEintrackFriffin at gmail.com. And also, you can join our Discord chatter. We post that pretty regularly on our Twitter page and also on our Facebook page and uh, hit us there and you can join into live listens in of uh, the recording of the podcast as well uh, along with uh, just general chatter that you can have with Eintracht Frankfurt here there and everywhere so with two matches to review and one match to preview and a little bit more in between got uh, someone to join me in on this one and that's uh, Chris in Detroit hey, hello buddy hey Brian Boy, was it a roller coaster week of emotions. <laughs> Couldn't say it better myself. Uh, it's been a, it's been a bit another a second busy week for the Eintracht. You know, last week we uh, recorded right around this time, and we were commiserating in the fact that we got dropped down the day at Pokal, but we had, you know, a victory in the Bundesliga. And here we are. We're going to be talking about one victory and one draw in the Bundesliga with not, with only the Saturday. We're going to be resuming the Saturday matches, which um, let's put it this way. Uh, with us compared to, say, like a Dortmund or a Bayern uh, who do have at least the numbers uh, to make up, you know, a full kind of squad rotation of you know, when they are just playing match after match after match, uh, it is a nice reprieve. It just sucks that we're, you know, I still am pissed off that we're out of the book out. But then again, that's more just wishing that we could have uh, had a go when Bayern finally gets knocked out by a lower division team for the first time since uh, the 2003-2004 campaign for that. But, you know, no crying over spilt milk here. But uh, let's get on with it, Chris, because uh, we had a wonderful match over the weekend, and it's a shame that we don't have Roman on here, because I think that there would have been a great take, uh, considering uh, the kind of the kind of moment that I think that uh, this usually would represent uh, winning when you play Shock, and that is I tried coming away with a three-one victory win in the first forty-five minutes. Though, Chris, I gotta know. With uh, the way that the team had been playing, you know, we gave up that one goal-scoring opportunity to Schalken. You know, Hoppy, uh, the Amer- the young American, uh, was able to get the goal. He ended up scoring midweek as well, so credit to that guy. Uh, five goals in uh, four matches. Uh, uh, I'm just kind of like, wow. Uh, <laughs> this is a... Uh, Came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, look, Hinteregger and Trapp, but there was no communication between the two. They both didn't go for it, and the kid pounced on it, and the kid put it, you know, right between Trapp's legs. And I was like, "Ugh, this is a, this is this is bad." Well, you know, it, it was stat sheet domination. We had the run of play early. Um, it was just waiting for the dam to break. I. Uh, it didn't necessarily feel like the domination early on as much as 
you know, the possession and the shots were going in our favor. Um, but we struggle to keep clean sheets. That's not a secret. Um, it was bound to happen because we're on track Frankfurt and we don't do clean sheets. <laughs> we never have. Indeed. We probably never will. Um, but uh, I personally, the only thing I cared about was getting the win uh, for the captain. You could see in the celebrations how much it meant to the to the team, how much he meant to the group. And then in his response to all the attention, you could see how much he cared for the club. And that happened on the pitch during the game, too. The celebration afterwards was one thing. But after that goal for Schalke, he, he brought a few of the guys together and said, hey, that is unacceptable. That's not going to happen again. And he could have had one foot out the door, one foot on the plane back to Argentina. He didn't. He, he left it all on the pitch in that match. And you could see his leadership in action after we let that goal in. I would agree on that because if you look at all the match stats, it that's he kind of referenced there. We just were dominate everything. You know what? I would almost say that the real um, man of the match actually wasn't for the winning team. It was for Ralph Fairmont, the former Eintracht uh, netminder. You know the the team came out in a very boring old school, at least it looked like to me, uh, kind of formation. Roll with an old 4-4-2 sort of setup instead of, you know, something a little bit more modern. You know, oh well. <laughs> but Ralph Aramon, honestly, uh, if it was, if you had Ronald, I'm pretty sure Ronald likely would have uh, given up at least one goal, uh, if not two, in, in addition to the goals that uh, came in the first half, just the one uh, for the Eintracht during the first half that was uh, Silva from Durham. Uh, it was a nice piece of work uh, to get that goal. But, you know, the amount of saves that he had in the first half and the increasing amount of saves that he had in the second half, like ahead of Jovic and his uh, appearance on the 62nd minute, it was quite considerable. You, We were really running away with it, and it was just a matter of time before things, just, you know, goals just started uh, hitting, just showing up, <laughs> showing up in the goal. Yes, and uh, I should also, uh, yeah, someone just reminded me that, you know, it also was a little bit of Barcock's face that uh, uh, helped out in uh, that goal for <laughs> Silva. Not going to lie. Uh, it doesn't matter how it happened. Yeah, I kind of um, whizzed over that bit, but uh, not gonna lie, the dude. It looked like as though he took a real whack right there. And you know, speaking of people taking whack, I was really worried about uh, Hinteregger because um, you know when he kind of took the tumble, I was like, oh, crap, this is really not good. And you know what? We played it safe uh, at putting Hustich on so early in the. Uh, in the second half, when his substitution did occur in the 52nd minute, um, for me, getting away from the rivalries, and we can kind of wax poetical uh, on how the match went in Abraham's final match, but for me, I mean, um, someone did ask me this uh, earlier in the week, um, what's going on with Hentrecker and why he's not been scoring that guy takes a he takes a lot of physical beating, and I keep on wondering when 
you know, like he's going to have to go through a concussion protocol like my own Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and that he's going to have to sit out for a week. And we're already thin enough at, uh, at the center back area, enough as is. And um, just kind of wondering um, and worried for his personal safety for the remainder of the campaign. Because it... We've seen little moments, but he's just kind of, you know, rubbed some dirt on it and, <laughs> as the saying goes, and just carried on. But in this instance, you know, we had to take Hintrager off, and it very much to me felt like, oh, man, this could be something uh, to be worried out about uh, down the road this season. Yeah, for, for Hinty, you know his impact on the game based on how dirty his kit is. And by halftime of every match, he is the dirtiest player on the pitch because he's been he's been moving forward, he's been moving back. You see him blocking more shots than anyone else out there. He does everything for us, but it kind of says something that last year, without his was it eight or nine um, headers that he put in, we would have been at a loss. Um, and it says something as much as we've complained about the lack of consistent offense that we are where we are sitting at number eight right now without his contributions offensively. So um, for me, that's something that we can take away as a victory that we haven't relied on him offensively, but he's still getting the job done on the back line, which we're going to need even more of now without Abraham. Indeed. It's going to be, it's going to be rough. I think this is the time that we can talk about Abraham leaving, you know, um, with his bowing out uh, after the match to Shaka. And, you know what, him choosing to make it be, I mean, whilst um, he only performed uh, 60 matches of uh, the fall season, the Hinrunda, well, I mean, this is kind of a weird season because you had, you know, <laughs> we had a two-week break uh, right in the lead-up to Christmas and what were we on? Uh, 14 matches, and then you add in the additional Bundesliga matches that have happened now, and we've only now played match day 17. It's, uh... I'm just glad that uh, he was able to have his last appearance at home because, you know, if this was normal circumstances, you know, yeah, he'd be playing out to the end of his contract. And, yeah. you know, everyone will feel fine and dance, especially because, you know, as things stand, you know, match day 34, so long as nothing gets rearranged in the meantime, is going to be played at the Waldstadion against Freiburg. And, you know, he would have been able to play that final match of his... uh of this campaign because you know we're already out of the Pokal, uh and play it in front of the home stadium and it's a shame that you know due to all the circumstances for everything that uh is related to covid that you know um we're playing behind closed doors you know to you know <laughs> you you know once the fans are back there will be a proper send-off for him uh, he it was very evident how much he cared for this club. And I think he'll be a regular visitor to the Bald Commerce, Deutsche Park, whatever we're going to call it. Um, I think he'll be a regular face around there. And, you know, I really like the way that, that they celebrated on the pitch, the videos from social media channels. Uh, 
a proper send off is appropriate once fans are back. Indeed, indeed, and uh, the celebrations I'm sure will uh, be lovely indeed. I mean, did they end the way that uh, Alex Meyer did with his uh, final home match of the season? No, but uh, final touch is a goal. He couldn't <laughs> write a better script. <laughs> this was still a very very lovely way to ensure that he goes out smiling and you know what sure we deserved a little better result than the three to one considering the opportunities that we created but let's talk about Jovic now um coming on as I said in the 62nd minute and it seems like the very first touch whack right in the back of the net it's like as though he had never left and you know he piled on another but um Really, that first one, uh, Kostic uh, just crossing into the box. I still don't understand why Famon stayed, you know, where he was, because I would have thought that a fair few uh, keepers would have just jumped down and collected the ball. That didn't happen. And guess what? He could have just he just lined up that shot perfectly and just put it in the back of the net, and while Silva's little turn and uh, score was great in the fact that he just flat-footed uh, Faramon when he did score, uh, this was even better, and you just, at this point, you know, it was lights out. There's no way, there's no coming back from this one, and he added a second, and I'm just so... Look... When everyone was talking about the rumors of him coming back, I was not one who was thinking that it was going to happen. I also was a little bit more in the in the mindset of, you know what, 95% of the time when the hero comes back, it doesn't end up anywhere near as good. Uh, take uh, Amon Vey, for example. Look at how that turned out. <laughs> but... Uh, not going to lie, this is incredible, the way that everything started, and for those people who were paying attention to, you know, the, who do these European pan podcasts and they're talking about, you know, <laughs> and they're talking about, uh, who has stood out as a transfer this January and everyone highlights Jovic because the guy has struggled so bad with Madrid. The very moment he comes back, you know, he links up with one of his buddies and voila, two goals. It was a, it was a great debut as far as debuts go, and one that I think um, is leaving Eintracht with a better tactical uh, flexibility going forward than we had previously. You know, there's one thing that was was mentioned but not really discussed previously with the idea of Jovic coming back. It's not like he went to Real Madrid, had an opportunity to shine, and blew it. He really never was afforded that opportunity to get out there and show what he had. And the difference between other circumstances where a player comes back because of poor performance, this is a guy who's coming back and he's saying, you know, look what I could have done for you. He's going to spend the six next six months saying, I told you so. And that can only work out in our favor. Indeed, and I think going forward that maybe when we bring on Jovic, it'd be nice if we could uh, get a uh, deal to help us out and get him signed on a permanent basis, because right now 
Um, I've not seen or heard anything uh, that would mean that uh, the Eintracht has uh, a little loophole to exploit. But I don't know, know how it's possible. He's on, wait, he's on cr- his wages right now are like, close, I think it's like close to five times what he was on at Eintracht. I mean, you move that there's another reason why when a big club like that comes calling, sometimes it's really hard to say no, especially when, you know, you're in your young 20s and you see that sort of cash being, you know, plopped down in front of your face. I mean, no one can fault him for wanting to go for a, you know, <laughs> earning five times the amount of money. I'm sure the Kansas City Chiefs offered you as a job at, uh, with them for five times uh, what you're making in Detroit, you'd be down here in the south in a hot in a hot second. <laughs> Throwing some of that barbecue, and I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's great to have him back, and you know uh, that gives me a lot of optimism uh, for the remaining matches that we have with him. I hope that maybe we can get uh, something else going. In the meantime, uh, with sealing up his deal, but then again, that is only one match that he has shown these uh, how capable he is as an attacking force. So let's get to Freiburg versus Eintracht. So we got out to a stupid early lead. Eunice just again just flying through uh, the defense and uh, putting a goal in the back of the net. Now I knew we both predicted that uh, a draw scoreline would. Uh, be expected, Chris, and I think you had this one notched down correctly at 2-2, didn't you? Uh, I did when we recorded, and then the Bundesliga predictor, I got cocky and saw a 3-2. But I'll take half the credit, because I recorded with a 2-2. I stuck with my 1-1 prediction, and um, you know, I'm okay with the fact that uh, we got the result. And... yeah. If you look, so look, okay, um, in the previous six matches, they had one five, and then they played Bayern, and if it wasn't for, you know, like a couple of missed chances, one of which hit the bar, it would have been a 2-2 draw there, and that was in Munich. So I knew for a fact going to, for the last time, because they're going to move to the final season, playing the Black Forest Stadium of Freiburg, and I mean... It's uh, it's it's which is a shame. I can get that to that in a second because I think something like that needs to give have its moment in the sun. Even though it's not us talking about the Eintracht, but it's talking about the Bundesliga as a whole. Um, when Nils Pitterson came on in the second half, I immediately was thinking, okay, I swear to God, if this guy scores, this is just gonna ruin the rest of my day. The fact that we were able to get Hasebe who notched in, uh, well. I mean, it's credited as an own goal that went for the Eintracht when he came on for Barcock. And Barcock, I I want to say that he just... There are sometimes that you just are having a really bad day. And this is one of them. He you was know, not really giving us much of anything. And when you're playing uh, games in this, in this close proximity, you have to move uh guys around and we ended up you know making in total four substitutes you know shoot freiburg made uh five at the end but uh nils peterson uh 
the super sub. Like I think he's got uh, 29, 30 goals alone as just being used as a substitute. That's, that's considerable, and it just ticks me off to no end of how we could have pushed down on Freiburg. But the thing is, Freiburg had no fear whatsoever and went for it just as much as we did. And that that kind of swashbuckling style that we had uh, back and forth, you know what, that was good entertainment. And I'm glad that we were able to come out with a positive result because if we had come out with zero points, I would have been really ticked off. Yeah. Um, you know what? When you're playing a club that, that you're going head-to-head with in the table and then you're head-to-head on the pitch, you want to have a result no matter what that is. Uh, you don't want to lose at any cost. You do not want to lose all three points. Um, when we came out early, scored in the sixth, we all thought, okay, here we go. We're going to roll. Um, but it was a tale of three 30-minute periods. And we had dominated our possession in the first 30 minutes was almost 80%. And nobody could have asked for a better opening 30. But before the break, Freiburg reorganizes. Uh, they start making their attacks. Their two goals scored were, you know, they are what they are. They're a good club. They've scored a lot of goals lately. So... Us keeping things together, two-two uh, line where we played equal to them. I think it wasn't consistent, but as far as as head-to-head play, I think we matched them well, and we came out with a point. Flip points against a team we're battling is not bad, um, and it you can't overlook the fact that it came during a week of goodbyes and welcome backs, and you know we're kind of if, if there was a game to be. A trap. That was it. Coming off an emotional goodbye against Schalke. Welcome back, Jovic. Uh, looking ahead to a possible woodshed beating of Bielefeld. Um, the Freiburg match was a trap. And even though we didn't get three points, we took one from it, which keeps me satisfied. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, their they're run of late has pulled them... Like this is something that a Freiburg team is always capable of, and when they do it, it's you know very impressive. And hey, uh, it just didn't just didn't work out for us. Oh well. Um, I want to kind of use these final moments before we kind of move on to hashtag what are we drinking, and talk about you know the latest news on the Eintracht. In addition to uh, your listener questions, wherever you might send them to us. Um, Playing for the last time uh, in Freiburg's old stadium, this rickety old uh, stadium that is something that all as they all go away, you know, it seems like, you know, there's a little bit of a intimate kind of atmosphere that's being lost. The Schwarzwald Stadion is one where, you know, it, everything just hugs the pitch. You know, it's just kind of stacked on top of one another. Um I get. I mean, to a very lesser extent, it's to me the closest stadium in the Bundesliga that resembles a La Bombonera, the infamous stadium of Boca Juniors in Argentina, that just kind of you know it just goes it just goes straight up, you know, because it hugs the pitch so hard and can create a great atmosphere. You know, Freiburg has always been able to use the stadium to their advantage now. 
uh, moving to a stadium that's got uh, like 10,000 more seats and at least from a commercial uh, standpoint would can could probably make their match day income practically double for a Bundesliga match and then you got you know your European uh, night matches you know should they qualify for the Europe League I don't think the Champions League might be in there and the cards for them you know this is the kind of thing that uh, is able to not only give them greater financial stability you know maybe Maybe they one year they just say, "Hey, you know what? We have a great team in the making, and we can hold off from selling our guys to uh, have a go at qualifying for Europe." You know, guess what? They can even sign some guys to long-term contracts with the bigger stadium. You know, not just Nils Peterson, who is just a—I think he's just gonna be a lifelong uh, Freiburg player. Uh, especially when you consider that he's uh, at 32, he just uh, after traveling from club to club to club, that he uh, he's found his home. You know, I think that once Freiburg gets a new stadium, maybe gets a European night or two. I won't be surprised that there are more people like him who, once they come to Freiburg, never leave. Who are of a good enough quality that they should be. On a quote bigger club, a bigger platform on a match by match basis, but uh, that they just love where Freiburg is, and that keeps them there forever. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I'll hold off on the economic impact right now. There's too many questions worldwide, but European football, the movement of players right now is all kind of a big question mark until we figure out how long the financial implications of this pandemic are going to impact medium-sized clubs. Um, my my memory of the old stadium now, I guess we won't be back, so it is the old stadium. Um, 2016, I think it was, in the fall, I was in the away block there. It was my first away block experience in the Bundesliga. And from the experience <laughs> outside to going in, it, it wasn't typical. Because the, the people down there in the Black Forest are phenomenal people. Freiburg's a great town. Um, it wasn't the away block experience that that everyone had talked up for so many years. You know, you're going to get pelted and you're going to get death threats and all this stuff. Uh, never happened there. I, I love the people. The stadium is so old school. Uh, there used to be hundreds of those around the country. Now they're they're going away a little bit at a time. But... I'll be curious to see how this new one works. It's modern. It'll be looking good. It'll smell nice and fresh. Um, but this whole thing about its location and, you know, limitations on sound, decibels, all this stuff, just it's not the way football's made. And it's kind of disappointing that they're stuck in that situation. I hope they get it worked out. Uh, but really, Freiburg is a club that's shown recently that they can do more performance with less. So um, whether it was in the old stadium or the new one, I think Freiburg has figured out who they are and what they can achieve with them. So definitely the new digs will give them uh, something to work with going forward. I can totally agree on that. So uh, that's going to wrap up a segment one of Hey, I'm a Frankfurt. Let's move on to our favorite 
uh, part of the podcast. Uh, some people's real reason for listening to our podcast. It is hashtag what are we drinking? And I need to know, Chris, what do you have for us today? Well, this is my real reason for being on the podcast. I just have an excuse to drink at 11 in the morning. I love it. Um, <laughs> today, I am drinking a blue vine out of Nuremberg. Uh, we finally got some cold weather and snow here in Michigan. It's snowing today. Um, so I am drinking something hot, something mulled. There's lots of spices in it. It is delicious. I got a special one for today as well. I had the Weihein Stefana uh, Premium Hedas. Uh, usually just kind of order grab these by the bottle whenever I pick up one of these guys. And considering the week that has been in America and the week that the Eintracht have had, you know, it was nice to kick back uh, with one that I got from the local shop. And, um, yeah, sometimes it does make me just kind of wonder, how does one get a job at a place like that where you then can just, you know, uh, work in a beer factory setting and just get paid uh, in addition to, you know, in uh, your salary, uh, also get paid in beer. Uh, glorious job that must be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious me. All right, that's going to wrap it up for hashtag what are we drinking. We will be uh, jumping right into segment two right now. to Chris and Brian discussing all things Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, so, a uh, little thing that uh, of note. Um, so, during the match against Freiburg, uh, Barkok uh, picked up another yellow card. Uh, he is going to be missing from the Armina Bielefeld uh, match due to uh, yellow card accumulation. So, um, with that being said, um, who are we thinking is going to be uh, uh, running out onto the pinch for the Eintracht? Because here it kind of gets a little interesting. We got, we pretty much know uh, the way that our defense is going to lay out. We're going to have Durham on the right, Kostic on the left, uh, back three, a Hinterreich, a Tuda, and a Dika, unless something happens to one of those guys. Fingers crossed nothing does. Hasabi's been kind of uh, blowing shit up in the middle of the pitch, which is really nice. You just kind of wish that Roda uh, would make a return, but you know what? Uh, we'll have to make do with what we got. And, but for me, I'm kind of seeing that we're going to have uh, Jovic in behind Silva, and we'll have Eunice uh, on the left, and uh, I... Yes, you could say that Kamada will probably make a return. Um, I'm sure some other people are going to start yelling at me, so have at it. No, nope, I'm going to press mute. I should be yelling at you, but I think you're right. <laughs> Look, it's just what I'm thinking is the way that the Eintracht is going to line up uh, against Almenia via the Fed. Um, 
in case anyone does not know, yes, that is our next uh, opposition. I'd kind of like to forget uh, that first match because first match day of the season, we're thinking, all right, we got the newly promoted side, and we just, you know, just scuffed the shot. You know, uh, we opened ourselves up, and they took advantage of us. And, uh, yeah, that 1-1 draw still stings to this day. Uh, with me in terms of matches that you're just like, oh my gosh, how did we just totally miss on this? But you know what? Let's look at like at this from this standpoint. Uh, we knew that they'd be battling against relegation. We know that they're going to be a tough side to break down. And you know what? If you want to participate in Europe, you have to beat the teams that are coming up. You have to beat the teams that... Uh, I'm really going to push you to the very end. And uh, I'm excited to play these guys. I'm excited to rectify what happened. <laughs> and uh, why not? Because I think with Bielefeld, we really have uh, we really have the opportunity to make a real run here. Because if you look at our next couple of matches, and, okay, we knew that Freiburg was going to be a possible slip-up. Uh, we have... Bielefeld. We have Hertha, who is just f in total freefall. Then we have Hoffenheim. They've been, I don't even know, ever since they uh, beat Bayern, you just come scratching your head wondering what the heck is going on with this team. They'll have like random wins, but it's otherwise just interrupting, just horrible play and horrible results that they picked up. Then we have Cologne, uh, and this is up to the 14th of February before we face off against another high-end team, and that is Bayern. And uh, we have a chance to make a real, real run in the Bundesliga, really get some traction going. And you know what? I think that we can really do it, but the question is... Are we going to feel a little uh, sore after playing uh, Freiburg? Because, you know, sometimes after you think you should have gotten results, uh, that kind of sours things, that then you get, you know, caught off guard by a team that you should be beating, and that can create a downward spiral. Not that I think that this is going to be the case for the Eintracht. But, yeah. you know, beyond the fact, who, frick, I didn't see the highlights, but... I only saw the scoreline, and I about fell out of my chair when I saw that uh, BLFL defeated Stuttgart three to nil. I mean, yeah, I was They're just kind of like blown away for that. Bielefeld is doing exactly what you have to do when you're in a relegation battle, and that's beat the teams that are next to you. Uh, they came out, and they I didn't see the match. I watched some highlights afterwards. They dominated, and that's exactly what they're supposed to. Be. Um, we made our mistake by overlooking them in that first match of the season. Uh, newly promoted clubs always come out and play hard. They usually don't win, but they always play hard. And we came out, and I think we totally underestimated them. They came out made the most of their opportunity. Now, you know, they've won three of their last five. We thought they were down there with, with Schalke as a team that was certainly going down. Now, at, at least as we're speaking now, they're above that cup line. So, um, who knows? But it's a revenge game for us. And if there's any more motivation we need right now, we got some good things going on. We're feeling pretty good. We're playing decently. A revenge game can really 
take us to that next step. And like you said, if you want to play uh, in Europe, you have to beat the teams below you. And I expect us to do that. Um, I'm going to throw a hot take out there right now. I want to see Marcus Schubert in goal for Frankfurt. Uh, Trap's been outstanding. He's carried us as he always does. Uh, the one goal against Schalke, miscommunication, it happens. Um, but we need our backup to start at some point. Keep him focused. Keep his head in, in the game. Um, this is an opportunity to do that. The next opportunity might be Cologne. That's <laughs> a few weeks away. Uh, sooner is better than later. It might be a pointless argument. I think if something was going to happen, we would have heard it already. Uh, what do you think, Brian? You know, I don't think that's a horrible idea. Um, I'll say this from uh, looking at uh, how many goals have been scored. Uh, if Bielefeld had not scored any goals against Stuttgart, guess how many goals they would have had on the season? How many? Ten. Instead, they have 13 after their 3 0. Uh, <laughs> after their 3 0 victory. And you know what? The reason why they're not further up the table for a newly promoted side is because they just can't score. And look, against uh, Cologne as well, who currently are sitting on uh, 15 goals um, after their match against Schalke uh, midweek. Um, yeah, that's another team that you could throw out the backup, you know, against. But, okay, uh, I'm, but taking uh, your point uh, that, you know, this is a unique opportunity presented to the Eintracht. Yeah, both of these matches could be used as ways to give him minutes. But the I think right now what is more important is that Trap plays. It Look, if... Abraham was playing with us until the end of the season. I would say that actually makes a lot more sense. But with um, Chuta having to now step into the breach uh, with Ab in Abraham's uh, wake, I think what's more important is having Trap get the communication right between Indica uh, Hinteregger and, you know, have Hasepe also in there switching out with Tuta as you kind of bring him through to make sure that he is fully ready. Um, I think that's more important, keeping Trap in there and it, providing that communication so that Tuta can then succeed. Because Ndinka and Hintrecker have been with the Eintracht for long enough that they know what's going on. But Tuta, he's still really young, and I think that for his development, it's best if Trap stays in the starting role. And uh, that that's, that's my opinion for your hot take. I totally see where you're coming from. I just think for the for Tuta's uh, development as a player that he needs KT back there. And uh, well, to your point, uh, um, to your point, Trap does a great job of directing traffic. Uh, he did it. He's done it with experienced defenders in front. Of him. Um, mm -hmm. But it's been very clear that Tuta's the man there to to uh, fill the new hole in the defensive line and. He's going to sink or swim whether that goaltender is Kevin Trapp or anyone else. So for me, uh, we're, we're showing the trust in him. My concern uh, as we play five matches in 18 days or whatever it is, my concern isn't Trapp getting worn out. It's that, that repetition becoming complacency. Um, 
we haven't played the toughest competition. He hasn't faced a million shots. Um, my concern is that if something happens down the line against the Leipzig or the Bayerns, that um, that Schubert will step in and not be comfortable in his surroundings. I want him to have an opportunity to come in, get some match minutes against somebody who you said isn't scoring a lot of goals. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I told look, I totally get you. And we will see what we will see when it comes to um <laughs> but you know, I think let's get the let's get the victory and let's kinda of move on from there because we got a lot of uh, winnable matches upcoming. A lot of uh in a lot of things uh that the Eintracht needs to figure out because at present time uh, if you look at the Bundesliga table, we're just one point off of the teams that are going to qualify for Europe for next season. So remember, um, with European qualification, with the introduction of this new uh, European competition, the Europa Conference, sixth place um, goes into qualification for that competition. Um, uh, yeah, so... Um, Remember, uh, fifth place goes directly to the group phase of the Europa League, and uh, the winner of the Depe Pokal, who could be anyone at this point because there's so many teams still left in it uh, who are not called Bayern. You know, that's an automatic qualification for the Europa League as well. So if anyone qualifies, you know, if... No, no, Leverkusen or Dortmund win it. So, you know, sixth place will suddenly be uh, the Europe League really group stage. I don't want to be, if we're going to qualify for you, I don't want to be, you know, freaking someone's lab rat experiment uh, to toy around with by UEFA. Uh, so, you know what? If we're going to finish in uh, and qualify for Europe, it's got to be fifth like for me, look if so if we have two outsiders, um, say, oh, uh, Werder Bremen and um, God, who the hell is still left in the Pokal? Who's not uh, at the top end? Uh, Schalke. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a Werder Bremen versus Schalke uh, title match, All thirteen. You know what? I hope that we on TV. <laughs> I mean, look, there's been weirder things. Um, in Werder Bremen's uh, double winning season, they actually played against a second division team in the DFB Pokal. That was actually the last team that the second division team that beat Bayern in the Pokal. Uh, Aachen. Uh, uh, Alemana Aachen. Uh, they're close by the Dutch or Belgium border. They're, they're pretty far in uh, West Germany. Anyways, anyways. Um, if we had a weird situation where, uh, you know, uh, Bayern, uh, not Bayern, uh, Bayern's already out, uh, Dortmund and Leverkusen start falling, honestly, we're really going to have to push really hard to make, to get to fifth because with the way that the table is right now, you got two teams on uh, 28 points, one point above us uh, in Union and Gladbach, and then you have. Uh, uh, two teams tied uh, for fourth place in terms of points with uh, Dortmund and Wolfsburg just separated on goal difference on 29 points. You know, Dortmund is just kind of, you know, they look good and then they don't. 
I mean, this Jekyll and Hyde thing could work totally in our favor. But we have to make up the points now to be able to catch these buggers. What if we've... Because if we honestly, if we think about it, if we made the Champions League, the amount of money, the amount of free investment we could put in our squad, considering everyone's going to be so hurt from uh, the coronavirus and everything, we're talking like this could be long-term able to benefit the club and able to take us to that next step where, you know, uh, one... You know, because look, uh, what Hoffenheim was able to live off of that Champions League money because Dietmar Hopp brought his team up there and spent a lot of money to keep them there. And now that he's in his twilight years and his kids have basically said, yeah, we don't want you uh, spending our inheritance away. You know, they have basically used uh, everything that they do in the season. They've used the stadium to basically make sure that uh, anything that they do on the pitch, you know, Champions League money, that that goes directly into the club for the long-term project. And that's what, you know, like we have tried to do with the Europa League money and, you know, with the sadly big sales. But if we made the Champions League, there's no doubt in my mind that Jovic is staying, him personally wanting to stay. We're able to suddenly have the money to make that uh, deal work, even though Real Madrid is like money hungry like crazy. I mean, they're renovating their stadium right now on their own dime so i can't blame them for wanting to have a few euros to uh, spend but kind of got away from me there a little bit guys sorry uh <laughs> should have should have uh set off the side for for uh incoming rant but this is such the time that the eintracht if we're gonna qualify for Europe, we have to kick ass and take names right now. And it starts with Bielefeld. We have the firepower to do it. And well, it's just a matter of making it happen. Now, Tuta, you're a little... The kid? I mean, okay. 21, you know. Uh, and has had quite a few appearances so far. This is the time when he can make mistakes. And you can just kind of dust yourself off and be like, alright, whoops. Uh, moving on. You know, his... I hope that his head is right because, you know, this is a time where he can develop a really uh, good connection with his fellow defenders and be able to be a really successful player in the back for the Eintracht. Yeah, sure. Against a Bayern, against a Leipzig, against a Dortmund, a Stuttgart, a Gladbach, a Leverkusen. You're going up against a team that's got a lot of firepower that's going to test him uh, every single second he's on the pitch. But you know what? It's in these matches here that he can uh, figure out what he needs to do to get things done so that he will be prepared. These are, think of it this way. These are the this is the practice SAT uh, for those Americans listening. This is the practice SAT before you take the real SAT where, you know, the rest of your life is basically decided. Brian, I, I can sum it up in one thing. And uh, where we sit at eight in the table, we're only a couple points behind those coveted European spots, even the, the vaulted, vaulted Champions League. But we lead the table in one thing, and that's draws. and. If you look at it even deeper, we have sacrificed so many late leads. So instead of having nine draws, if we have six and we don't drop some of those three-point opportunities to one point, we're already in that four spot or, you know, possibly that three spot. We took draws against clubs that we're supposed to beat outright. And I think we have the... 
God, before Christmas, I yelled at you offline. I literally yelled at you for talking about Europe because we were sitting down there at 12, 13. And, you know, I thought you were batshit crazy for it. Um, but that opportunity exists because we face everybody else one more time around. If we play exactly like we have, minus squandering those leads that become draws, we will be in Europe. Or, you know, possibly, possibly that four hole for the Champions League. But it starts with getting three points this weekend instead of one. 100%. Cannot agree with you anymore. All we have to do is make sure we... Look, for me, if we can get a second goal, shoot, you get two goals in the first half, the game's done and dusted. This team doesn't have the horses to be able to make a comeback. Uh, You know, outside of this weekend's match... I don't know how many other matches that they've had where they have uh, scored more than one goal. So if they got the one goal against us, yeah, that really sucks. But you know what? Uh, but everybody gets look, one goal against us. Yeah. Um, they've actually, and this is me literally pulling this up on the fly. Amina Bielefeld has had two matches where they have scored more than one goal. That's pretty bad. Let that sink in. <laughs> Let, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that. Uh, two to one versus Mainz. Three nil versus Stuttgart. So yeah, I know. It, you're just kind of like, I know. It's just being blown away by these guys. And these guys also lost in the first round of the day. Pokal Kyle, two. Roll I mean, I'm pretty shocked their goal differential is only minus 11. But that's just the thing. Like, when um, it does come down to most of their matches, like, I mean, these they're squeaking it out just by the skin of their teeth. I mean, they don't lose big. The Their big losses were 4-1 to Bayern, 5-0 to Union, 2-0 to Dortmund, 2-0 to Freiburg. Everything else has been a win, a draw, by a one-goal margin. And the very moment that we, I can openly say, if we get two goals, that's three bags. Uh, three points Same in the bag, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about the Eintracht versus Armenia. And I think it's time for us to get to predictions before we get to uh, noted fan questions and opinions. So I'm going to lay it out on the line. The Eintracht is coming away with this one in a 2-1 to one victory over Bielefeld. All right. You like those one-goal games, don't you? <laughs> I think that they nick one at the end on some just uh, set-piece play, and we're just like, well, crap. It just was a muffed opportunity that just got put in, but I think we're going to be pushing them all throughout the match, and it's just, you know, they nick one back, and you're just like, ah, well, that was coming. And there's yeah. just more to it. I think that the Eintracht will bury these guys and bury them quickly. I think we need to establish an early lead and give Hooter the confidence to make substitutions earlier than usual. Uh, then we can use the latter part of the match working out uh, combinations, whether it's up top or on the back line. Um, but I want to see the goals early so we have that opportunity because I think we're going to score a lot in this match. Um, but I want to see a couple in the first 20 minutes. Maybe, you know, one later on. Ultimately, we're going to give up a goal because it's Frankfurt. It's what we do. Probably on the counter because that's where we're 
always most vulnerable. But I think we're going to win this 4-1, to one, and I don't even think it's going to be close. I love revenge games, and this one is set up well for us to really do well. With uh, Jovic starting, I hope, with Silva. <laughs> Indeed. All right, let's get to our listener questions. So uh, put it out there on Twitter, uh, what kind of opinions people have in regards to the Eintracht. And we've got one answer from Adam John uh, Ventland. With Jovic incoming, I think that the Europa League is a lock. Agree or disagree, Chris? Um, nothing's a lock with this club. I've followed them far <laughs> too long to ever think anything is a lock. Even when we're a lock to not make Europe, I go get a haircut, and then all of a sudden I get a text, we're in Europe. So, I don't know. Nothing's a lock for us. Um, but I think our chances improve. We were sitting well as far as goal differential. To me, as a as a club who's not competing for the title, I look at goal differential as a measurement of whether you are good or bad. It's, it's not the perfect metric, but it's something you can refer to quickly when you're looking at the table. And we're sitting okay there. Um, not as good as I'd like, but if we can beat Bielefeld by a couple goals, we beat Cologne by a couple goals, um, when it comes down to it in a tight race, goal differential might play a factor. So I want to make sure we can pile those up where we have the opportunity. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, from Discord. Uh, if Adi doesn't start Yoich and Silva up top together, do you like uh, do you like uh, Yunus Amin Barkok uh, playing alongside? Uh, has Dome lost the right wing position to Tory, or are they now in a battle for minutes? And what are your impressions of Tuta in his first match post Abraham? And does the youth of our back three scare you at all from an inexperienced perspective? Oof, got a lot to swallow there. <laughs> well, you touched on part of it earlier. Uh, I think, I think we'll see a lot of Kamada as much as. You're the governor of Kamada Island. I'm not quite as sold um, on him, but, he, you know, he's shown up. He's played well at times. He's either on or he's off. There's no average with him, uh, but he'll get a shot there. As far as uh, Durham and Torre, neither one of them stands out. They both do well. They both, you know, held their own this year, but I don't know if I favor favor one over the other entirely. I can make arguments either way. Alrighty. And what do you think? Uh, what about uh, impressions on Tuta? I think, I mean, I already made my opinion known on it. Yeah. Um, he's young. He's, I mean, he's been around a little bit, but to be a regular guy in the lineup, it, there's a big adjustment when you're playing 90 minutes week in and week out compared to 90 here or 45 there. So I fully expect he's going to make a few mistakes, but his first full match um, post-Abraham, I think this is a good opportunity for him to make himself known. And I, I, I'm confident if Freddie Bobich is confident he's the guy there, there's no reason for us not to trust him. Um, I don't know what that means for us, but this is probably a good match to get that opportunity. Totally agree on that. I just fear uh, if we have to rely on those who are further down, who are after him in the depth chart, 
it does mean also that um, something that we didn't kind of talk about with Durham and Toure is that Danny DaCosta still is, you know, just kind of rotten there on the bench. Doesn't even get picked. Oh, and you just woke Chandler. up, didn't you? Huh? There's news on DaCosta. Ah. <laughs> He's in mind well. now. Oh, yes. Uh, all right, Breaking then. news. Breaking news. Uh, yeah, so that literally has uh, just happened as I'm checked with uh, the Eintracht. And, ooh, boy. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, good. You know, uh, it's good that he's able to get some movement going to restart his career. But not going to lie, like, Mainz, and I'll point this out again, Mainz, uh, sent away their leading goal scorer to England. They're not gonna. It's 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 pretty bad at Mainz. And Cole is there, Da Costa there. You know what? These guys are gonna immediately improve the quality in their positions uh, from Mainz. And you know what? If that means that uh, someone then come gives us some money for them. Come the summer, you know, all right, I'll take it. Eh. I think it also gives some clarity on what's happening on that side. Uh, clearly, he fell out of favor. Well, with, I can agree with that, yeah. With Hooter. And, it, you know, it, we don't have as many questions to ask there. It's Durham or Corey, and that's it. Yeah, I would have to agree. I do think that we need to... Uh, you know what? It'd be nice if we had a youngster coming through who uh, might be able to take over on the left. But, you know, oh, wait, uh, we might already have that in uh, Rodrigo Zalazar. He's got tactical flexibility. I'm really excited by his development as he is playing for really, really struggling St. Pauli. But, you know, um, when he comes back from loan, I want to see this kid play and i want to see him play real quick because i think that we have a player right now uh, on our books who can make an immediate uh immediate set an immediate mark on dying track now he plays normally through the middle just like zuber but you know what zuber is a work workable guy on the left i just wish we didn't weren't so thin on the left as is so that's one to keep an eye on. Chris, I think that does it for our list of questions. Yeah, I think so. All righty. Thanks, folks, for listening in to Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. You can follow us on Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pond. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pond. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, so uh, if if you like you if you just come across our show and you like us uh, so far, share us with your fellow soccer friends. I'm sure that they'll uh, crack up at our uh, hot takes on uh, who should be playing in net for the Eintracht. Uh, it, I mean, look, it could be words. It could be the decision between Vernon and uh, Osgood. You know, it's like you know both work both both working. Both guys can work for you, and uh, you know you just gotta find. You can't decide on uh, who to play, right, Chris? That's right. <laughs> if anyone <laughs> has no idea what the heck we were just talking about, I'm referencing uh, uh, the 
the goaltending uh, problem that Detroit had in its glory days of the 90s and 2000s when it comes to the NHL hockey. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not really going to talk about my avalanche right now because last night really kind of stunk, but no, well, it is what it is. Uh, Enough about the hockey talk. Uh, uh, Ways that you can watch the Eintracht for this weekend. So uh, I think this is more, uh, more for everyone who has not just turned us off as of yet. So... Uh, that is ESPN Plus in the United States. Uh, that is uh, Sportsnet Now in Canada. That is a Flow Sports app in the Caribbean. Uh, BS Sports Connect in Australia, along with KO Sports. Uh, Sky Sports Bundesliga in Germany. And uh, that is BN Sports New Zealand uh, and the other land from down under. So, with all those places to watch the Eintracht, uh, here's hoping that the Eintracht does come out with a positive win uh, that both of us said. Uh, Chris, uh, I think that's good enough to turn off the lights on this one. Thanks for joining the podcast. And to everyone else, uh, uh, stay safe, be smart, and choose. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, cha la 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 la